All right, good morning, everybody. So if you could catch the words to that song, in the chorus it says, I'm going to run the race that needs to be run. I'll fight the fight that needs to be won. I do believe that I'm walking away with the victory. So I don't know what your fight is today. Some of you, the fight might be in your marriage or for your marriage. The fight might be with your kids, trying to figure that whole thing out. Your fight might be with addiction. Your fight might be your own self-worth, just dealing with all these lies and things that are going on inside your head, or your fight might be your health. There's so many different things. I love this passage, 1 John 4, says this, everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So that's an amazing statement, man, that anyone who's actually born of God, which simply means that God's spirit gets inside of you. When God's spirit gets inside of you, you have what you need to overcome the world. Good news, right? It's good news. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? So I just want to tell you, so much of our fight that we have is the fight of faith, the fight to really believe that we can actually have everything we need to overcome this world. So... Today, we're going to go into his word, right? Into the scripture, into God's word. Why? Because Jesus actually told us that man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's an amazing statement that you and I can actually live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I just want to quickly remind you, because our goal here at K2 is to invite all of you, but also to equip you to live out this adventure of following him, all right? And so um, we're going to do that today, hopefully invite and equip you. But I also wanted to remind you, I announced last week that every Wednesday, there is a devotional that's going to come out on right in the middle of the week as another chance for the word of God, for you to hear that, to receive that, because we live on it, all right? So if you're part of the K2 family, which means if you're connected anyway, life together on a serving team, you're gonna get that email. But again, if you're not, or if you would like it, go to, grab your phone, pull up the K2 app, and then you can actually go and you can uh, push, go to the push notifications and assign that, and every Wednesday it'll pop right up on your phone, okay? So if you want a boost for your faith in the middle of the week, go ahead and grab that, because we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. All right, so today, we are gonna talk, though, about a, I think it's a very interesting fight. It is a fight, but it's a different one, and as I've thought about it, I don't even know, in all our years here, if we've point blank just hit this fight head on. And the fight that we're going to talk about today is when everything is good. (laughs) When everything is good. I don't know about you, but I have had numerous conversations. I can't even think about how many people I've talked to who actually do have faith in God who say, but I really struggle when times are good. How many of you have struggled in your faith when life is good? (laughs) So this is what we talk about because when it's hard, we need God and we seek God and we come after God. But then as soon as things start going our way, it's really easy to forget to have reckless faith in God. I think one of the most intriguing things to me is 
our brothers and sisters over in China where there has to be an underground church, where there's a struggle to be even able to live out your faith publicly. So we're always praying for them. But if you've heard this before, the Chinese, are act, the Chinese Christians are actually saying, no, we're praying for you. Because our faith, it's, we need him every day. You guys don't need him. So we're at, they're actually praying for us because they know our faith struggles when things are going well. It is hard, it is hard to have reckless faith in Christ, which is the kind of faith we wanna have here at K2. It's hard to have that when you have a lot to lose. And it's crazy because when you walk in God's ways, it's good. And then you get good stuff and then you don't wanna lose it. Even Jesus said this, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Because when you're rich, you have lots of stuff. And when you have stuff, that can actually end up being the most important thing to you. So I don't know where you're at today in your faith. Some of you might be here visiting K2 or you're checking out Christianity. And and part of the struggle for you to even put your faith in God in the first place is like, but life is good. And I don't want to lose what I have. Well, I just know this as a follower of Christ, that struggle never ends. And some of us today, we got to figure out how we can actually have reckless faith even when life is super good. That's why we're doing this series, handling up life's ups and downs. So we're looking at the life of David. Um, three weeks ago, we looked at how David was chosen. That's such a high. When God, when you finally realize that God has chosen you, and then he had major opposition. Last week, we talked about confusion. So when life is not going good and you can't figure out what's going on, we looked at the life of David and how he handled that. But today, we're looking at what happened in David's life once the victory came and life got sweet. What can we learn from his life? Okay? So let me just pray for us, and then we're going to dive in together. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your beautiful, amazing creation outside. Thanks for your beautiful creation of everyone who's in this room. And God, we we just know we're gathered here today because you love us and because you care for us. And we are opening up your word because it says that your word is alive, it's active, it's God-breathed. You can actually teach us new things, get us back on the right path, correct our thinking, train us, God. You can speak to us today through this portion of your word. And I pray that you would do that. Lord, would you just meet us here? Would you open up the eyes of all of our hearts so that we can see you and know you? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so here's where I'm going today. In victory, here's our statement for today. In victory, it has to be that it's not about me. In victory, in the good times, it's not about me. And this is what we see in the life of David. So here's the first point. You need to lift up God before the victory. You got to lift up God before the victory. Now, I'm just going to touch on this one, because, but this is super important to understand. And to be honest, as I was studying, there was so much to share with you guys. But the main point is how to live in the victory. But you have to get to the victory. The upswing in David's life, when you watch it, when you look at his story... The upswing actually happened once Saul, who we looked at last week, 
who was trying to kill him and destroy him, when Saul, King Saul, finally died, then David was actually able to get into the place that he was chosen to be, the king of Israel, okay? But there's a couple things that are really important to understand about the lifting up of God that needs to be in our life before we actually experience the good life, okay? First Chronicles 10 tells us about Saul. Saul died for his breach of faith. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the commands of the Lord, and also he consulted a medium seeking guidance. He did not seek guidance from the Lord, and therefore the Lord put him to death, and he turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. All right, so what's going on here? Two super important things that we could do a whole other message on, but two things here. Saul lost his faith, and he lost it in two ways. He wouldn't do what God commanded him to do, and he wasn't seeking guidance anymore from the Lord. Now, when he lost this, he stopped lifting up God. God no longer was the most important thing to him. Instead of following his commands, Saul started doing what he wanted to do, what he thought was right in his own eyes. And when it came time to to find what should I do, instead of actually going to God and saying, God, what do you want me to do? He started consulting things of the world. And so God was like, listen, buddy, you've lost it. I'm no longer lifted up in your eyes. And as soon as that happens, as soon as you say no to me, And don't do what I say. And as soon as you start looking to other people for guidance instead of me, he goes, you totally get outside of my will. You guys, this is every human being, right? (laughs) This is all that. In fact, really, the whole reason Jesus came is because every human being wants to do their own thing instead of follow the commands of God. (laughs) And every one of us seeks our own emotion, our own ideas, or we look to other things to find out God's plan for our life. And Saul did that, and it broke his faith. And so God no longer was lifted high, and he lost it. He lost his life. Now look at this. In Acts 13, chapter 22, which is in the New Testament, but now the the declaration of what happened with David After removing Saul, he made David their king, and God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, and he will do everything I want him to do. There it is right there. You've got to lift up God before the victory. And this is what David was doing. You guys, this is what we learned last week. See, it doesn't matter if your life is confusing and hard and everything around you is going bad, or if it's really good, like we're going to look at today. In David, he was showing, I have a heart. And God was, and I love this, God's testimony about David. How how many of you would want to hear God's testimony about you? (laughs) You know, seriously, that's fantastic. He does two things. He does everything that I've commanded. And he, and he seeks my guidance. So you guys, if you want to experience the victory, and again, it doesn't mean that life is going to go perfect out there 
or it's going to go really good. But if you want the victory of having God's presence in your life, all of his peace and his joy and his strength and his wisdom, all that he is, then you got to keep the commands of the Lord and you need to seek guidance from the Lord. Okay? The victory, in victory, it's not about me. And that's what David realized. It's about God's commands and about, it's about God leading and guiding my life. And that's what leads us to victory. All right? So now, let's go to the two points that I want to share with you about how did David, once he got into the victory and life got good, how did he not lose this reckless faith? All right? So the first one is this. You need to lift up God in the victory. You need to lift up God in the victory in the good times. So, in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, this is the first thing that we discover about David. It's the first thing mentioned about him. After Saul dies, and it says he grieved and he lamented Saul and Jonathan's death. And the very next thing it says this. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord. Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah, he asked. And the Lord said, go up. And David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. See, the first thing you see, so life is good, everything's going great for David, but he wasn't just inquiring of God when he was fleeing for his life. Even though life is good now, he's still inquiring of God. When life is good, don't stop seeking after God's guidance. And too much of the time, we're like, okay, good. I've got this now, right? And then you just kind of go with your own intellect, your own wisdom. That's not what David does. And then what's crazy is God told him, yes, go to Hebron. And, I, and by the way, when you read David's story, can't get into this, but God leads him and guides him so specifically. It's awesome and encouraging because it helps us to know that God knows us that intimately too, and he wants to lead us. So David goes to Hebron. You know what happens in 1 Chronicles 12? Once he went to Hebron, it says 337,000 men armed for battle came to David at Hebron. Okay, picture that. I, I went and I checked out the population of Salt Lake City. You know what the population of Salt Lake is right now? It's 200,000. Now, that's not our, our whole valley, but that's the city. 200,000 people live in Salt Lake City. David had 337,000 fighting men come and join him. God was going, go to Hebron, David, because I'm going to bring you all these men. And, he, and this is what it said about him. They came to Hebron fully determined to make David king over Israel. All the rest of the Israelites were also of one mind to make David king. It's time. It's good. And David is inquiring of the Lord. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And he shows up and God shows up. That's what you do when life is good. You keep asking him what he wants you to do. The very next action in 1 Chronicles 13.3, the very next thing David does, it says, he says, let us bring the ark of our God back to us. For we did not inquire of it during the reign of Saul. Okay, so the Ark of the Covenant, right? Indiana Jones, all oh, you guys have seen Indiana Jones. <laughs> okay, the Ark of the Covenant is God's 
presence. It was, the, it was the actual determination of this is where God is. And so what David was saying, the first thing he said, okay, now the life is good. He goes, I know during the whole reign of Saul, we did not inquire of God as a people. And look at what happened. We lost. So the first thing he does is say, we're putting God right back in the center because it's good. And we're going to be inquiring of God. Why? Because David's saying, it's not about me. We've got victory here, you guys. Life is good. And it's not about me. It's about him. And so we're going to put him at the center of our being, and we're going to absolutely inquire and worship him. So 2 Samuel chapter 6, they're taking the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, and they're bringing it to Jerusalem. And then it says this, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. And in Chronicles it says, and there were ram's horns, cymbals, lyres, and harps. Can you picture it? I mean, it's like this huge dancing with all of his might. He was absolutely thrilled. What do you do when life is good? You celebrate who God is. Now, if you guys know the story of this, his wife, Michael, was actually looking out her window and she saw David behaving like what she thought as an idiot. What are you doing? She's looking, she's like, you're disgraceful. And I love what David says. He says, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I, <laughs> you guys like that, huh? You wanna see that? And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. What's David saying? It is not about me. It is all about him. You guys, and when life is good, you got to remember, don't just enjoy the blessings and the good things that are happening. Make it about him. And David's like, I'll be humiliated in my eyes. Because it's about him. This is how you keep your faith on fire and alive. And then it says, they brought the ark of the Lord and they set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. Now, if, I, if you guys were here in the summer, we actually taught you what burnt offerings were and what fellowship offerings were. But what does David do? The first thing he does he brings God's presence right into the center of the city, and then he goes burnt offerings. And again, a burnt offering was when you took the animal and it consumed all of the animal. It was the only offering where the whole animal was burnt up because it was symbolizing what? You have all of me. You have all of me. God, it is all about you, and it is not about me. It was a sign of full devotion and complete submission to the will of God. So what do you do when things are good? Do you guys, here's the other thing about uh, burnt offerings. They, were, they, they happened in the morning and they happened at night every day. Every day, burnt offerings happened in the morning and at night because every morning and every evening, David was like, it's not about me. It's all about you. So for us, 
How do we do that? We have to figure out, how do I offer all of me when things are going really good and not get distracted by all of the blessings? If we look at the life of David, this is how he did it. And then he did fellowship offerings. You know what fellowship offerings were? They were an offering of thanks. So he was constantly thanking God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But it was called a fellowship offering because not only did you thank God, as soon as you were done, you had a huge meal with everybody. You actually fellowshiped together. So how did David do this? He's like, he brings all of Israel together. And he says, we're going to do burnt offerings to God. We're going to set him at the center, and we're going to do it together. And we're going to celebrate him, and we're going to give thanks. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 7, on that day, okay, as it says, on that day, David first appointed Asaph and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner, okay? How do you keep your faith alive and on fire when things are good? Here's what David did. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. And then look at this last phrase. Look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face. How often? Always. Always. Come on, man. You guys know this. I don't know why we do this. It's so weird to be human. But when life gets good, and especially in here in America, and this is why the Chinese are praying for us, we have so many things that are good that demand our attention, therefore. They demand our devotion. They get our affection. And the next thing you know, we don't even have time anymore to seek the face of God. And then the next thing you know, we've drifted. And it's such a frog in the kettle experience. None of you are like, no, I'm just going to start being bad. No, you didn't. No, no, you just, before you knew it, you just, man, I just don't, I don't know. I don't even go anymore. I'm not really even connected anymore. Always seek the face of God. And then what's he say? And when you do, praise him, praise him, praise him. When we sing at the end of the service today, we're going to give you a chance to do this. So let me just bring this home. Let me just bring this home for us today. How do we, because here's what I love. All scripture is God-breathed, means coming from the very life of God, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training us in righteousness in the way things ought to be, so that the servant of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is useful. This story of David is useful for you and me today. So let's bring it home. How do we do this? Number one, why do we gather here? What are you doing here? Like, like, why, you know, seriously, like we just have to stop and go, why do we give up our Sunday morning and come together into this place every week? And why is it that we do it together? Why aren't you just staying home and having your own experience with God? Because we do this to praise him. We do this to align ourselves, to remember him. And that's why in the Bible, you guys, the Holy Spirit, once the Holy Spirit filled the group of people in the book of Acts and the church actually started, it says they devoted themselves. 
And they were together, they were together, and they were together. And one of the things they did is they gathered together in the temple courts. They had experiences like this. Why? Because all week long, your flesh, my flesh, being human, we are going to constantly be drawn away from devotion to God. The world, everything in the world and its ways are in the opposition to following God's commands and seeking his guidance. The way of the world today is follow your heart. Do whatever seems right to you. And all of us want to do that. That's a great message for a human to hear. That's why we have to gather together here to remind ourselves and to lift him back up and praise him together. They devoted themselves to do that. So if you are going to stay in a place of faith with God, you have to. I'm telling you, believe me, you, you aren't like super Christian. None of us are. We have to devote ourselves to coming together. It's how God designed it from the beginning. When he started the church, the spirit of God caused people to do that. All right? But then again, I mean, this is, some of this sounds so basic, but I'm just going to hammer it because it's why we do what we do. Somewhere during the week, you've got to get in life together with other people. They did, they devoted themselves to the corporate gathering and they devoted themselves and they gathered in each other's homes. They ate together. They encouraged each other daily. If your faith is going to maintain strong, I don't know about you, I can't do it by myself. I, I can't. And I've been doing it for 32 years. So we need to be here. We need to gather together in each other's homes. And then I, I just want to tell you, every morning, Every morning, right? Burnt offerings were done every morning and every evening. One of the most important things you can do when times are good is be like David and get in the morning and spend some time with God. Just this morning, I read a, or this week, I read a psalm. Again, it says, we praise God. Every morning, we proclaim his love. Every morning, we proclaim his love. Do you know how, I don't know about you, that's so important for me to sit every morning and praise him and just remember, hey, man, God loves me. He is for me. He is good. He's all-powerful. You get into the word and let it do its work because you live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay? Now, let me say this. Um, if you don't know, if reading the Bible has been a rote, boring exercise then I want you, in your program, on the card that you can put in the, our offering box at the end, write, I'm interested in base camp on there. We have an introductory course that somebody can walk with you called base camp. And some, because I can tell you this, I'm not gonna be able to teach you enough on stage how to actually engage with God's word and make it alive in your life. But somebody who knows how to do that can walk with you. And I'm, telling, I'm doing that with about five or six people right now, and it's fascinating to see how it's coming alive for them, all right? So, I gotta move on. But what do you do when you're in the victory? David's like, I'm putting God at the center, man. Every morning, every night, gathering together, and I'm gonna be devoted to that. And if you wanna keep your, your faith white hot, you gotta do the same thing, all right? Now let's move to the second one. You need to lift up others in the victory. You need to lift up others in the victory. So 
David is constantly saying, how do you do this? In the victory, it's not about me. When life is good, it can't be about you. So he lifts up God, but then he lifts up others. The very first thing he does in 1 Chronicles 13, it says David conferred, what, this is in Hebron, he's gathered all these 337,000 fighting men, and it says David conferred with each of his officers, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and he said, he then said to the whole assembly of Israel, if this seems good to you, and if it's the will of the Lord our God, and then he goes on to say, we're going to bring up the Ark of the Covenant. This is, a, this is a beautiful thing. What is this showing us about David? How do you do things when life is good? He's like, it's not about me. He could have easily said, I'm the king, and we're going to do it my way. But instead, he's conferring with the people. He's lifting up the value of the people around him. You guys, when things are good, include others in the goodness, all right? And then there's two more things that you see in David about how he lifted others up. In 1 Chronicles 16, 2 and 3, it says this. After David had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each Israelite man and woman. Okay, let me, let me just take you back to this scene. How many Israelite men and women were here? Here's the only number we know. 337,000 fighting men and all of the Israelites. So that means all the other men who were unable to fight, either too old or too young, and all of the women and the children were together. Okay, how many people are at this event? There is nothing that's ever happened at the mall in Washington, D.C. that's had this. This would have to have been over a million people who were there. And he gave every one of them a cake of dates, a cake of raisins, and a loaf of bread. Come on, man. They didn't even have mass production back then. <laughs> How long did it take these guys to cook a million loaves of bread? A million, what is David saying in this moment? He's going, I am lifting up God, but as your king, I want you to know it is not about me. And he blesses them. He blesses everybody and he gives to them. How do you keep your faith white hot when things are good? You make sure that it's never about you. It's not about me. You guys, the word bless means to kneel. So you kneel. So if you're kneeling, what are you doing? You're lifting others up. That's what David does. And the word bless, it was a word. And that word, when you bless somebody, it literally was in a powerful endowment that, that, that God was going to move in people's lives. And then he gave. Because when things are good, when things are good, you actually have things now to give away. What God gives you, what he blesses you with, he always wants to give it away, okay? Listen to this really clearly. If you lift yourself up when you're blessed, you lose the blessing. 
when the good stuff comes, if you lift yourself up and it becomes about you, then you're going to lose the blessing. Because the blessing of God, his presence in your life, is always to be given away. And that's a fight, man. It's a fight because you're going to be so tempted to love these things and to love these blessings. Life is good. But Jesus says, if you believe in me, if you have the fight of faith and continue to put me at the top and trust me, he goes, streams of living water will flow from within you. So, man, if you've struggled, if you're maybe even today, and you're like, man, I totally believe, but I'm just flat in my faith, I, I, I would just love to ask you a question. Are you blessing God? Are you lifting him up on a regular basis, and are you blessing others? And are you giving to God? And are you giving to others? Because that's what the blessing is. The blessing is you get to be a stream of living water, alive in your very soul. And so let's bring this home. Let's just close with some application for us right here. Let's think about this. So let's bless. When you came here this morning, can I just ask you a question? When you came here this morning, how many of you found inside your heart, I can't wait to get to church to bless God, to praise God? See, that's David. He's like, I can't wait to get here to actually praise God. Now, here's, I think here's even a tougher one. How many of you walked in here this morning? You're driving in, you got in the parking lot, you walked in the building, and you were going, I can't wait to walk into K2 and bless other people. How many of you walked in here today hoping I was on today and hoping the message would be good and hoping the worship team practiced well enough, right? And that you're going to have a good experience versus coming in here and saying, I'm here actually because I want white hot faith. So I'm going, to re- I'm going to lift God up and I'm going, to have, I'm going to be a burnt offering today and I'm going to absolutely bless God. And I'm here today. Can, can, I, can, can I tell you? because you're going to be done here in a minute, you could bless each other today. And for some of you, that would be as simple as saying hello. (laughs) Just welcome everybody who came here today. And then, those of you who know each other, encourage each other today. You have a chance to bless each other. And we have a chance to give. Did you come here today to give? Because that's what David does. He goes, the reason I stay hot in the midst of the good times, is I give myself away. So just again, here, every one of you, God has, if you're a follower of Jesus today, and you have been born of God, so you're overcoming the world, he says the spirit of God is inside of you, and the spirit of God gave you a gift, a spiritual gift for the benefit of everybody here. So when you walked in here today, do you, is that what you, you're like, man, I have a gift, and I'm gonna give it today. That is what keeps your faith white hot and alive. And even financially, right? We're going to give at the offering. We don't take it in the service anymore. But we give, we return back to God because he's the most important thing. We do a burnt offering to God. and You say, God, all of me. And so you give financially back to God. But then what happens if life is good? (laughs) When you're blessed financially and God is pouring into your lap more blessing Does that usually, wow, there's more for me? 
Or do you find that as an opportunity to go, I can bless others. I'm telling you, God says, he goes, those I give, if I give it to you to the measure you use it, it's the measure it'll be given to you. Why? Because God loves it when we give what we've been given. Because then he goes, I can give you more because I know you'll give more. This is how we come together in this place. Now, let me throw you a picture. If we came in here today and every Sunday and we blessed the Lord and we inquired of him and we received from him and then we poured out to each other. Can you imagine if every Sunday we came with that mindset of like, who can I bless? Who can I love? Who can I encourage? If every one of us did that, who called K2 home, you and I would walk out of here so filled up. You, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to pour out. But if everybody else is thinking I'm going to pour out, that means you're going to get so filled up. You guys, every Sunday, and this is why God has called us to gather together from the beginning of time with the Israelites to the filling of the church with the Holy Spirit. He brought us together so that we would bless God and so that we would bless each other. So we'd lift up God, so we'd lift up each other, so that we would be so filled up that then we walk outside these doors and everybody out there, we bless. Everybody out there, we lift up because we're so filled up and we give to everybody around us. And now the world actually goes, What's up with you guys? So is that what's happening in your life? As a follower of Jesus, is your life white hot in faith? Or has it gotten kind of mediocre and lukewarm because it's been good? Man, David shows us, in the victory, you gotta make sure it's not about me. It's not about me. I'm gonna keep seeking him with all I've got and I'm gonna bless everyone around me. And if we do that, you guys, we'll be blessed, but the world will be blessed, and God will be blessed. All right? Man, David shows us how to do it. It's a great example.